Maybe the truth is it's not the most wonderful time of the year. If that's the case, you need to hang on and listen to this podcast. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Terry Summers Podcast. Hi, today I have a friend with me and this was an impulsive move to bring her on. Um, I had thought of having her on many times before, but just in getting her on today, uh, I'd had a meeting with her um, and left the meeting and and just hung on some words that she said. Uh, This is Dottie Escobedo Frank that'll be joining us and she's an author and a speaker and um, a pastor and a leader and a pastor, two pastors, and the list goes on. And she has uh, a really interesting background before she became a pastor. And um, she is so insightful and so chill. Uh, we're working on something together for Christmas Eve. But when we were talking just about life right now, this season, um, she made note is. Uh, one where she is somewhat occupied with uh, hanging with people and listening to them because life isn't exactly the most wonderful time of the year right now. And I, when I left there, I it, right immediately it resonated with me. And now you know I love Christmas and I'm all in and I uh, do a lot of things to bring the feels into my world. But I know that it kind of, when she said that it sort of went right to my heart because there are things that I roller coaster with in that. And I just had a feeling that those of you that are listening um, would resonate with the concept that this is a time of year that though it has the possibility of bringing us so much joy, it really does hover around those waters that can be stormy and emotionally uh, challenging, uh, not to mention in a, a number of other ways. So I just asked her to come on. I wanted to kind of dive into that and um, sort of pick apart the pieces a little bit because her take on things um, is always helpful to me. She is just really good that way, really good at just speaking from a place in her heart that has meaning for others. So I'm so glad to have her here. She cleared her schedule for just a bit to be with me on the fly. So enjoy her. Uh, I I know you will. And um, I think there's a lot of comfort in what she might have to share. Here's Dottie. Okay, Miss Dottie. You're with us. I have shared a little bit prior to you coming here about who you are, but um, just to um, reiterate, I was with you yesterday because we're doing something this Christmas Eve and we have done things together before. And I get so tickled when you holla and say, (laughs) will you work with me on something? Because you are just one of the best Mm. creative communicators of anything but but in particular something that is often needed um is the love of god Mm -hmm. and um all that that encompasses and so you invited me in to do something on christmas eve and you 
we, we met to talk about that, but you said something yesterday that then resonated with me and kept resonating. I woke up early, early this morning thinking about it. You kind of, I don't recall exactly what you said, but, um, you said in essence that the, the bulk of you broke down your job. You said about half of it is finding ways to share the message. Yeah. And the other half you said is to hold, um, space for people, uh, like a sacred space so that they could have someone to hear them through times when their life was falling apart, which tends to be at this holiday season. Yes. Do I have it loosely? Yes. Yeah, that's it. So bringing the message out there, which I do mostly through preaching or writing, uh, at this time it's mostly through preaching and then the, uh, which is what you and I are working on something that we will present together for the Christmas Eve story. And then the other half is holding that sacred space for people who are really struggling. And this is a time where people have high, high, high expectations of life as a, for life to be perfect. And it's, it's not perfect. And so they have, um, we in general have um, periods of despondency and depression and isolation and loneliness during this time more than others. And I like, as a pastor, I celebrate on December 26th because the 25th is done. All those expectations are behind us and people, people's load lightens, their mood lightens. But during this time, when we're in this Advent season of waiting, uh, that's when pastors in general spend a lot of time holding sacred space for people. So like I imagine that as, I picture that in my mind as like, uh, like in my hand, I, 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 can, I can open my hand and receive something from somebody else's life. I just hold it there. I, I listen more than I talk. And then, then we, we, we release it back to God. But that person who has come to us, it's been a sacred moment for them, as it is for us too, because we're in that, we're in that with them. And uh, sometimes that's all it takes to heal each other is to hold sacred space for each other. Cause, because we in general know how to know what we need to do to change our lives, but we need somebody to hear us. Mm. hear us process, hear us consider, hear us imagine a new way. And that that's a sacred space. And is, so the terminology, which I love, and it's somewhat new to me, like I want to say in just a handful of years to hear the term holding sacred space. I, 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 I hear what you've said. What about that is unique in this season, if there is anything unique about it, or or not necessarily the holding space, unless you have insight on that, but what about the need to have someone hold sacred space? And it maybe just break that down. You, I know you know that I have lots of listeners who do have a faith-based life, um, mm-hmm. uh, but then I have lots that don't. And that mm-hmm. might be a little bit of, a, of an aloof kind of a term for some do you want to kind of flesh that out a little bit yeah so in particular during december we have in our mind that life should be like a hallmark movie 
like there's a little tiny drama, but it always is going to turn out just fine. We get the date, we we are surrounded by our loved ones, we get the presents we want, we give the presents we want, we we have the perfect food, the perfect home. And so the contrast between that perfection that we see around us and actually what's happening in our lives, it's the contrast that makes it so difficult. Mm. So we don't have these expectations the rest of the year as much as we do at this time in the year in our culture. And so sacred space is like being that safe place where some somebody can come to you, they can tell you the real, not the imagined, not the hoped for, not the glorified, but the real life. This is what's happening in my family. This is my where my hopes have been dashed. This is what I know is not going to get fixed. I don't want to go to Christmas dinner. I don't want to be with my family. I don't have enough money. Everything, all those, all those uh, things that don't connect well with that picture of perfection. So sacred space is like, it's just a place. It's just a one-on-one conversation where you're, you're with someone, you get to hear their real life, not, not their fake not their imagine, not their hope for, just what's really happening. And it doesn't go anywhere from there. So it's between you and that person. It's it's safe because it's not going to go anywhere. And that's so powerful. I mean, I, I know as I just shared with you, we had a chance to catch up. By the way, I can't believe I had not really seen you, like laid eyes on you since two years ago, since we got, right? right. But, but because of my relationship with you and my love for you, it seemed like I see you all the time, kind of like, it was like, there she is. But we, ha- we did a little bit of catching up. I asked you a couple questions about just where you're at. And, and then, you know, I have with you often shared just where I'm at. So you were holding sacred space with me yesterday. Um, and you're so right that it does something you know, it's not solving a problem. It's, it's honoring a person. And I know you, I know that we would hope that a lot of people in ministry, pastors, leaders like yourself would do that. But do you think that is being done uh, often? So in ministry, the, this is the season this is where we go bah humbug as pastors this <laughs> like totally because we are so busy trying to create also our own idea of perfection in the church world like you know we want to have this beautiful christmas eve services we want to make sure all of our mission projects go out to help other families we we um we have all the children's concerts the musical concerts the all the events come together. So it's a really heavy time, um, busy time for pastors and for church people. And so, no, we don't do it very well during the time when we're needed the most. So like if I could really manage Christmas well as a pastor, I would clear my calendar. Mm. And just show up at the worship services and do my preaching thing. But other than that, I clear the calendar. And I haven't done that. How many of us pastors have done that? It's just, instead we cram everything in. I was just talking to my daughter and we were talking about this very thing and how Christmas is so difficult for so many people. And she, 
she was reminding me of when they were children and we were just busy. We always did things together and we snuck Christmas in when mama could and mama was the one who wasn't in a joyful mood because <laughs> she was too exhausted and how like the sweet thing that she said is that somehow we found joyful moments in the middle of all that craziness. But the truth of the matter is what, what we want to do is not always what we do in the pastoral role or what we do well. Yeah, pastors have a hard time during the season uh, because we do go and hold space and we do go and do all those concerts and the children's plays. And then we do plan and do all the work, special worship services and we do the missions projects. And we get to December 26th and we're just exhausted. Yeah. Um, so no, we're not really good at it. Unfortunately, I, I, here's what I pray every Advent. I've been praying this for a while. I pray God, give me a moment of stillness, uh, like a, a moment of peace on earth or a moment of, of quiet peace that floods my soul. Just one, just one during this whole Advent season. Just give me one. It'll get me through. Um, and I pray that every time I just found myself praying it again yesterday in the busyness, like God, give me that moment. And, you know, in our Christmas, in our Christmas story, it's, it's a story of silence. It's a story of a baby being born and nobody know, knew about it. Shepherds on the hill and some angels came and told them the good news, but they weren't looking for it. They were just doing their, their job in the middle of the night. And, and, and it's a, it's like a, a, a quiet undertold story. Like the story isn't that fantastic until you get down underneath it. It happens in a real quiet space. It's not like something that is full on Hollywood. <laughs> it's like a real quiet night and something amazing happens. Mm -hmm. And that's what we look for during the season. But it's, but our culture turns us another way. Right. So what draws you when you broke down the percentages and that's what it was such a clear visual in my mind for you to say, half of my job is doing this and half is holding. I mean, that's like that, that was very um, one telling of you in a lovely way, but what, what draws you to make that a priority in a time when um there are things that are going by the wayside in your own personal life and, you know, things, uh, time to, to, to do the traditional things that, that we all like hustle and bustle and try to make happen from getting gifts for family. And, you know, whatever the deal is that we, that, you know, floats our boat in the holiday season, we know that you, in, you as a pastor are letting some of those things go. What, what is it that has you, pulled to, to, oh, I'm getting choked up. <laughs> I think because I'm thinking about how you held space for me yesterday, but what, um, what is it that pulls you to do that for others at a time when you know they need it, but you need some time too? Like how does that make it on the, on your schedule or why? I think it, 
I think it happens for two reasons for myself. One is that I have my own personal pain. Mm. And so my own pain is more apparent during the season too, because I'm doing the same contrasting and comparing that everyone else is doing. So I notice the areas in my life that are not what I'd want them to be, the family divisions or the high expectations or the you know, ways we don't agree. I, I have that going on too. So that my pain, my own pain is, is magnified. And when we get in touch with our own pain, it helps us um, understand other people's pain. Wow. So, and then the other part of it is that the story that we are living through in Advent is powerful. And I'm just one of the, I, I know you are this way too, Terry, like stories can change us, you know, that's why you do what you do. And I do what I do um, because it's the story that can like provide a foundation or, or a structure around us that can change our lives. And so every Advent, I relive this story of, of, um, you know, Zachariah and Elizabeth and Joseph and Mary and, you know, the people that we don't hear about in the stories like Mary's mama and daddy and, and uh, uh, the shepherds and the angels and the, and, and the people all coming together to have a census taken. And in the middle of all that busyness on a very quiet little night in a Judean hillside in Bethlehem, um, you know, hidden away, a baby was born that changed the world. And so it's that the connection between that story and my own pain that gives me the impetus to hold space for others. That was a beautiful answer. I know why you are who you are as a writer and as a pastor because of that mind that you have and that heart that you have. Um, and I know I'll come to this in a minute because we're getting ready to do something here in a couple of weeks on Christmas Eve, but I do, I don't want to forget to ask this. When you say that you pray for that moment once in a season where it's still, do you get them? So far, <laughs> so I far thought. I have. And, and, and uh, he, here's the thing I, I pray. And then I, and then I set it aside and when it happens, it surprises me. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Hasn't happened yet this season. Okay. Okay. I'm hoping. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I want to let people know that if they, you know, that not just for you and for me, but I think that's, you know, a good reason to maybe come too, but you have, you're at um, a new church for you. And you have done a lot in ministry and I hope I have you back, but you have overseen multiple congregations as kind of a, what, what was your title when you sort of ministered? Well, I was a district district superintendent. Yes. Uh Um, And that brings wonderful things too. But one of the things about you that I love that you're in the role of being a pastor is the fact that you are such a good storyteller and you are, uh, creative. And I know that sometimes you feel you go in and out of your seasons, but I just see you as always being that just very present in how you share. Um, 
and you are at a church now that is relatively new to you for this season, right? This is your first mm-hmm. Christmas season with that. And where are you now, Dottie? So I'm at Paradise Valley United Methodist Church. So it's on Lincoln and 44th Avenue about there. So right in the middle of Paradise Valley. Um, and it's a beautiful campus. I was so impressed yesterday. And it's, and as you were telling me, it's, it's actually been around since, you know, 1960 ish. So I, I was really taken with that, um, that my doggy's barking, but, um, why would, what, if we invited, which I am formally doing that now, um, if we invited folks that are listening to come to, um, Christmas Eve service, um, what, what would be the reason they would want to come if they aren't regular Christmas Eve church attenders? So if you, it, it's a cool part of this, this Christmas season to get the background story. So you will get the background story if you come to our services on Christmas Eve. So uh, also if you have children, Uh, The three o'clock and five o'clock services are going to be filled with uh, children singing and uh, it's a good foundation to give your children to know the story, whether or not you are a faith-based person. This is a story that permeates our culture too, around the world. So to to, uh, have your children experience that with a group of people is really powerful. There's wonderful music um, and uh, the... The story of the nativity story will be told by, by you and I. So we're going to do something together that is a, uh, and a reenacting and a telling of that story that we hope will be powerful enough to catch the, catch the story. It's a, it's a deep story. And I think it's one that every person um would benefit from hearing whether or not you're a faith-based person. It's a good, a good thing to hear. So I always think church is good for people in general. Of course, that's my, my role. (laughs) So, (laughs) and why is it good for people in general? Well, when we are at our best, we are telling those stories of hope and faith and transformation to showing us how we can transform our world so that we can live in a better way church isn't always good like I mean we there are painful things that have happened in churches as we all know so not all I mean I say that very humbly like at our best we have something but um, we're not always at our best so um there are two just particularly for that night and I'm, I'm watching the clock because you are a busy gal. And I just want to say to my um, audience, I, after sitting with this for nearly 24 hours, I, I texted Dottie on the fly and said, can you um, give me a half hour of your time? And I really trust that you're um, you're the boundary watcher that I, that I believe you to be because you can say no to me. And she said, yes. And she jumped right in with both feet. And I just wanted to take a half an hour of her time and it's counting down. But, um, uh, you, we, there will be services at three, five, seven seven and and nine. How will the seven and nine be different from the three and five? So the three and five are more uh, children focused so that families come grandparents and their children and their grandchildren um, and then the seven and nine is more 
um, uh, fewer children will be there. So it'll be more quiet, more, more uh, different kinds of music. The nine o'clock is the quietest one. It's very beautiful. And uh, all of them have great music because we have some people here just really do music well. So you'll enjoy that part. And is there a website that they can go to get information to make sure that they have all the details? Yes, the website is PV, as in for Paradise Valley, PVUMC, Paradise Valley United Methodist Church, PVUMC.org. And the other thing that's, if you don't want to come to church, you can also watch us online at the, at the same hours. Um, oh, okay. Three, five, seven, and nine. Okay. And that's live. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's really good to know. I, um, I'm so excited. And I do hope if there are folks that are listening that live locally, um, that don't have a place to go or would like to, and I could, right now I'm thinking of some people I'm going to call and let know because I, I, that triggered, uh, triggered that in me, but I hope that they come out. And before we close, because you were just, um, the master at communicating. Um, what would you like to to leave people with that might need someone to hold space with them? They don't have it, that they are living in the angst of that contrast, that they are uh, maybe dealing with an ongoing, you know, we've all been through quite a couple years, but maybe they're living with some restrictions that um, that have put them in just a tough place or whatever it might be. Of course, we get an understanding that it's accentuated at this time. What would you, though holding space might mean sitting with them and opening your hands and and holding what they have to say, given that we're not in that situation right now on the podcast, what would you have to say to them before we say goodbye today? So I would want to say to everyone, your pain, your struggle, your difficulty matters. It is real and, and uh, it's worth saying out loud. Hmm. So if, if you have no one to listen to you, go outside and you're somewhere outside and say it to the stars. Tell what I would call God, however you want to address the universe. Tell God here I am. And this is the real me. And this is what's, what is hard. So do that. And then, and then I would say, and then look at the bigger picture. So there will come a December 26th when your problems go back into uh, a normative space, but also remember that there's this year and there's next year and there's a year after. And some of the things that we have angst over right now, we won't even hardly remember in two years. So remember the bigger picture. Remember that um, we all just do the best we can. There is no such thing as perfection as long as we are on this side of life, uh, but that we try our best to, to address life, to address people, to love in the ways that we hope for for our own self, for our own souls. And then I, I think lastly, I would just say, uh, don't give up. Mm. just take one more step make it one more day remember you you are valued god made every person every person is made with value you are beloved 
And even if you don't see it or understand it, that uh, there is a there is a some there is a a spiritual force that surrounds you that is holding space for you. And if you have somebody you can actually go to, go to them and literally be in, in face-to-face with somebody and let it hold space for each other. And, uh, but if not, no God is there listening and honoring your pain and bringing you to a place of hope. Wow. I don't want to leave, but I know I have to let you go. Mm-hmm. Dottie, thank you for your friendship and thank you for the, the vulnerable heart that you bring to the table all the time. And I, um, I really hope that those that are, are listening that have a tug to maybe join us on Christmas Eve can do that just so they can get an up close and personal look at um, who I know and, and see what she does. Um, thank you for carving out time today and holding space essentially, um, in a unique kind of way here on the podcast. And I hope that you will come back. I would love to have you back. I think you lend so much to, to understanding life and, um, you're my friend and I love you so much. Don't go anywhere. I'm saying goodbye, but I'm going to say bye as soon as I uh, hit the button. Okay. All right. Hang with me. Yeah. You bet. For those of you who have been, um, touched, have resonated, have um, maybe felt uh, kin, akin to what was shared today. I just want you to know that um, I'm thinking of you and I do wish that this wish for you that this time is a time where you can feel peace and the peace that this season brings. Also, I would love for you to come out um, to Dottie's church on Christmas Eve if you get a chance and check out um, the options there at the, the services that we mentioned. And if you have a question, just email me um, and here at the website, which is the ter- at, at terrysummers.com forward slash podcast. And I will get right back to you if you need any other assistance. But uh, thank you for spending the time with us. And just know that um, that you're not alone. And I have a feeling that this is uh, something that as just human beings, because life is as life is, that we really do resonate with and that it, there's a connection there. So um, peace to you until next week. Whew, whew, whew.